Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast, a podcast where we will somehow, some way, navigate the bye week. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. It's bye week time. Uh, the fair has come and gone. We've gotten a little rain. It's time to relax a little bit, take a take a little breather between the season and like we mentioned on our Instant Reaction podcast, try to figure out how we played five football games before October even started. It's five Saturdays in October. Uh, oh, my gosh. In September. Well, I I'm, guess. I'm going to go I ahead. I guess that's how the calendar works. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there. I've had a long day at work. <laughs> we did not even create a notes document. We're rolling off of text messages. This is going to be our best episode yet. It's the bye week for us, too. We're, uh, we're, we're taking some time to regroup, to uh, heal, heal some wounds here. I've got some carpal tunnel, tunnel I'm really trying to tend to. Yeah, so just going back to our text conversation, what's, what kicked it off this evening, this, our prep started this evening. We're, we're, we are the consummate professionals here. We're right. podcasting pros, and this is how we roll. 6 p.m., Michael texts, what are we going to talk about? Two question marks, too, just just for a little emphasis. Oh, oh wait for the response. I, I hesitated on those two question marks. I didn't know if, should I do one or two? Should I do three? And I, I stuck with two. So I respond, yeah, dot, dot, dot. Good old ellipse. <laughs> What's that, ellipses? An ellipse. An ellipse. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to do this. Michael is going to give us some excuses of why he couldn't record with me on Saturday. Yeah, I've got a couple. We've got some football news to talk about, even though it's the bye week, always juicy things going on at, what's that like, almost fourth in university up there at the football training facility. Mm-hmm. Um, not quite a TCU preview. We're going to save that for next week. Although I will say, I, I, have, I am being proactive. I have reached out to some TCU podcasters to get him on to do a preview. Hey, that's great. Have you heard back? He's been active on Twitter. Has not responded. Oh man, dude. Okay, let's go, man. Well, hey, you're you're bound to strike out here and there. That's okay. We'll just get right back in that batter's box. But I I think that uh, I think it's been cool to have the guys that have reached out uh, to us or to use more specifically for having uh, you know the Oklahoma State guys and West Virginia guys in the last couple of weeks. That's okay. been really that's been really cool and. You Fun know, aspect of you know this. What has been re- really cool? Hmm. I had to to record with the West Virginia guys. I, we had to be friends on Facebook. We did an audio call over Messenger, or whatever. Yeah. 
he's been like nonstop ranting and raving about the game on Saturday. I was like, dude, I'm mute right this second. <laughs> I am done of you. Did not did not unfriend him. But I was like, I can't take it because it was. Of course, he's he's excited about the game. Of course, he is. That's I, fine. Yeah, why wouldn't he be? I just their I team looked great for a half and almost a half. Yeah, and then our team looked pretty good for a half and. But yeah, to get a to go on the road and win that's always that's against, always a nice feeling. Yeah, against a ranked opponent. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we were a ranked opponent. Back to TCU, dude. I got the blue check mark that says seen next to it, but oh. no response. Oh, man. Hopefully so, you'll hear back from him. He's left me on red. As us millennial folks know. Okay. You're hitting him up in the DMs. I did. I slid into his DMs and didn't respond. I may have to reach out to another TCU podcaster. So this was one that had more of a reputable podcast. Maybe that's why he's like, I don't stoop to that level. I haven't heard of these guys. <laughs> I may have to reach out to... SB Nation. Oh. Frog well, of the War. We'll see if uh we'll see if they'll uh, consider us a big enough market. I don't know. Okay. So you you bailed on me on Saturday. You also delayed yes, I did. delayed recording because you had I did so many activities to get to. Had a lot going on. You were you just blew right past the game. You're like, I'm gonna get over this real quick. And you had all these good things lined up. Mm-hmm. Including going to our restaurant. The the exact one. Without me. Not even the 82nd location. Mm-hmm. I went to the Caprock Cafe on on uh, 34th and in Indiana. And the guys hadn't... Okay, so for, y- for those of y'all who, who don't know, I had three of my best friends come into town. I've been talking about it for a while, so sorry everyone who didn't Unacceptable. Know. Yeah. Sorry for everyone who didn't know and is going, oh gosh, he's going to talk about them again. Anyway, so they came in Friday evening. I had a brisket ready. It was the best brisket I've ever made. And, of course, he says this without offering me any. There's some in the fridge. Oh, yeah. There's some in the fridge. If, mm-hmm. if you play your cards right, <laughs> I, might I, fire I, up, I, might, might get some going before you head home. I, I have to, I have to, like, basically invite myself to have some of his brisket. <laughs> just has to show up with, with recording equipment and hope that some brisket comes out. Uh, there were a, it was so much food. It was a crazy amount of food. Uh, my mom contributed. She had a blueberry banana cream pie. And potato salad that she contributed. My wife had green beans and red beans that she had made. I also did some brats just because I'd never done brats on that smoker. I don't know how. I'd had it for over a year and a half and hadn't done it. They were great. So we had a lot of food. We barely ate, you know, for even with five adults, we barely cracked into it at all. It was a 16-pound brisket. Well, excuse me. When I when I think back to the weekend prior when, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to get this number right. There's two, four, six, seven adults, eight yeah. adults that were here at one point. There's a lot of leftovers then. There too. was a lot of leftovers, yeah. Yeah, we, uh, we, we like to overdo it here at HQ North. We like to have a little extra. So we even had some friends over from church. Like begging people to come over Sunday. Hey, come over and eat some leftover barbecue. And then, <laughs> Sorry. And then I ate it. I ate it like on uh, for two meals on Monday. And yeah, there's still some left. But anyway, uh, on Saturday, we went to the game, of course. And uh, after the game, to just kind of 
as a palate cleanser, I said, well, the, the beer house is having the Oktoberfest deal. And we parked so far away that we were ended up being like a block from the beer house. So we just walked <laughs> right past our trucks and went to the beer house. And we stayed there for a little bit and had a sauerkraut. What was what did I have? It was a it was a wrap. It was like a pita wrap with sauerkraut and a snossage in it, and it was really good. And then after that was when we we said, well, let's get somewhere we can sit down, and we made it over to Caprock, which I was surprised that it was gonna that it was. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. That available, it was probably about four o'clock. And there were a lot of people waiting outside. And we, we'd already decided, hey, you know, it's probably going to be busy. We'll just deal with it. But we get there and they say, yeah, that'll, it'll be about 15 minutes. Because I think everyone that was there watched the game and, you know, closed their tab and slowly was leaving. So we timed it just right. We barely had to wait and had some delicious burgers and then came home and we're all exhausted. And then I told Spencer, I was like, yeah, we're, we're, we're just here for the night. There, there were talk of some of, of some of them getting on the podcast, but they were really sunburned and, and I was tired and I was like, I, I think we're just going to. I'm going to phone it in. Literally. I quite, literally I quite actually in. phoned it in. <laughs> so, yeah, it was busy. It was a busy Saturday. Yeah. Um, whereas I, let, I... So, I went to the game. I, I, I mentioned this on the Slack chat that there were... Because it was a ranked conference game, many more media members had assigned seating in the press box. Oh, man. Meaning there was no open seats on the front side of the press box where I could see the game. Well, it was a big 12 game too. I wonder if that was part of it. Probably. So I was like, you know what? I've, I've got my camera and not my, my video camera today. I'm actually going to take some photos for staking the planes. I had been asked to help take some photos of the halftime festivities. And I don't even want to get started with that <laughs> nonsense. It wasn't even a real wedding. No, they were already married. It's a Man, sham. That just made we were the, lied to. Everybody was lied to. That just that just makes it so much, so much worse to me. I, I feel like they they talked it all up like it was a wedding. There needs to be an actual exchange of yeah. rings, and someone has to go sign something, and you get the certificate. You filed the certificate like three weeks ago or a week ago, and it's not how this one happened. Oh man, it was just so ugh, anyway. So I work my way down, down to the field pregame. Before the kickoff, I was like, you know what? I'll be down here. I'll just I'll, I'll get some work in. I 
stayed down there until after our promotion in the middle of the third quarter. I was, on, I was on the field for like three and a half hours. That's a ways in that full, complete, total sun. Yes, because being on the field, there is no shade. None. Well, there's none in the stands either. Not at not at the field from gets eleven the to shade. three. Yeah, it, the field gets the shade. Like it's the second group part of the field that gets the shade. First, you get the west side. Mm-hmm. Once the sun goes behind the press box on the west side, and then the lower it gets, the further that shadow creeps across the field, and then up the up the east side. This was an 11, 11 a.m. kick. There, I don't think there was any shade in the west side before the game was over. No, I don't think so. So I got a little toasted, a little, little crispy. It's it's actually faded quite nicely. Um, oh man, I would. Still I will attribute that to one working in the yard a lot this year. So uh, I've, I've you've built up a tolerance, built the up sun tolerance. tolerance. I also slathered on like several applications of aloe. Oh, the backs of the back of my legs though were hilariously burned. They had this like like chiseled straight line across where my shorts cast a shadow. So they're like there's a unburned part and then a a brightly burned part (laughs) i was i was lathered in spf 50 and sporting a very large cowboy hat the other thing about i wasn't planning on being on the field that long i was playing i'll be i'll be in the press box until halftime run down there for that display of a wedding yes stay down there for the my third quarter obligations and then go back up that's not how that worked. But I got some decently usable images from... I would have probably had to go to the hospital. If, if, if I'm out in the sun for four hours unplanned, it, it probably would... I, w- I would have to be treated. We will get to somebody going to the hospital a little bit later in the podcast. Oh. But we have to get to some of your questions because one of them it's we decided... Tease. I tease. I, I was going to jump right into that. I was like, we haven't talked about... You know, no, we will just we'll skip that question. We'll just all jump right, right into, let's go into our it. football content. So you you all know this. Alan Bowman left the game with an injury. He was sandwiched between two West Virginia defenders fairly violently. Yes. Cleanly. It wasn't it wasn't yeah, shoulder shoulder in, looks like. Yeah, I think that was His, one of the questions was, I didn't quite understand on the on the recap. Someone was asking if they thought or if we thought that that was targeting, but I don't think it was because the guys that hit him were quite a bit shorter than he was. And I don't think there was any sort of helmet to helmet contact that I could see. No. And then he it was looked like shoulder hits. He was a little bit vulnerable because he had just thrown the ball. So his, one of his arms, his right arm was still up in the air. That's right. So I'm assuming it was his right lung that was partially collapsed. It's definitely what he was grabbing on the sidelines with his left hand. He was yeah. grabbing the right side of him. So he suffered a partially collapsed lung. Because our office works with dealing or receiving patient condition requests quite frequently, this is just typically if there's any kind of accident that makes the news, the media will say, hey, what's the condition of so-and-so patient? And then we'll have to give you know two patient identifiers just to be HIPAA compliant. And I was thinking, you know what? I bet I can find a second patient identifier on Mr. Alan Bowman and call in a patient condition request myself. Did you? I did not. (laughs) Somebody in my office that would typically field these calls did because there are some times where we will be proactive and we will go ahead and call for the patient condition and say, hey, one, so the, the process is, peek behind the curtain here, 
we get a media request. They say, do you have patient X at your hospital? So it'd be, do you have Alan Bohm at your hospital? And we will say, we need a full name and a patient identifier that's not an age. You can give date of birth, but not an age or anything like that because that's not okay. unique to that individual. So somebody calls, do you, I want a patient condition on Alan Bowman, date of birth. So we did that, found out Monday morning before lunch. I don't know if I should go into that. <laughs> oh, man. You, well, you lead just, us this far. I will say at that point, he was still, he was he was still a patient in our facility Monday morning. I knew that uh, a court, the double T guys mentioned it today. Someone asked during the lunch, and I, I believe it was choice. I, I don't know. I don't know choice. I, I <laughs> should call him choice Woodman because I <laughs> should just call him by his first name. But anyway, he, he mentioned that he wasn't for sure if Bowman was still in the hospital or not, but he knew he still was on Monday. Yep. So, so that was all I had heard, but uh, apparently you have you have a little bit. I could call a little it bit in, better sources. I could call it in right now on the phone, but I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd also be giving away like, well, not not giving away. I would have to be using his 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 name and his date of birth or whatever I can find. I assume we can easily find his date of birth, whether it's on social media or recruiting sites or whatever. Right. It's it's probably or, already on some. It may be on forum somewhere for well, this purpose. It may also be on his profile on TexasTech.com. Possible. The athletic site. Anyways, so Alan Bowman goes to the hospital, partially collapsed lung, on the mend. Good news, if there is something to be gleaned from this, no broken bones. Right. Because So my, my understanding of this kind of injury is it's usually a puncture to the lung, which then allows air to fill the chest cavity with air so that will then create pressure to keep the lung from inflating properly. So you breathe in air escapes from your lung outside of the lung between your lungs and your, your rib cage. So it partially collapses due to pressure due to pressure on the outside of it. Yes. All right. So I was like, well, if he didn't, if that didn't happen with a puncture of some kind, because they said he didn't have any broken bones, I asked the question, and then an EMT on Twitter said, "I've actually," he said, "I've actually seen some of these happen spontaneously, which means not from a puncture." Um, the problem with this, though, is you have to relieve the pressure, which means you have to cut into the chest wall and put a tube in there to drain, air quotes, drain the air out, release oh, that man. pressure. Okay, so that's what he's dealing with now is to try to so that, to to be that depressurized a little bit. And yeah. Believe that depressurization happens quickly. Obviously, once you create a pathway for the air to get out, yeah, it's under pressure, it's going to come out. Yeah. Problem is, if it happened from an injury like a puncture, you have to first seal that injury before you can take the chest tube out. Otherwise, you take the chest tube out, it kind of seals on itself, pressure builds back up, lung deflates again. So this could require some extensive surgery. Well, possibly. If it was from a puncture, but I, if it wasn't, I, don't, it, I guess it, it could have like been from, from just an intense amount of pressure or immense amount of pressure could have just forced the lung to collapse. I don't know how you get air on the outside of the lung that way, excuse me, but my understanding medically is that the re- recovery of this requires a 
bedside procedure. It's not something you have to go to the OR to get a chest tube placed. Okay. Supremely uncomfortable if you're awake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that they will give you lidocaine, but that's a surface medication. There's plenty of tissue to cut through before you get between the ribs. And then you place a chest tube until the lung can maintain its pressure on its own. And then you can remove the chest tube and then obviously sew that up. And then the muscle that you had to cut will also have to heal. So all that being said, yes or no, there were no broken bones. This still may require several weeks of recovery. I would think so. I mean, just going off of what you said, because I have not done my due diligence of looking into this injury to, to kind of see what it entails. So the whole time you were talking about it, I was learning. Yeah. And, Learn something. Oh, my gosh. It. I was thinking immediately. I thought, okay, well, that's got to be at least two weeks. And now I'm thinking, well, that's got to at least be a month. <laughs> just it based off a, of what you were just saying. It could be a couple weeks. I mean, it, it, and before that even... Who knows? That may it may be that long before he starts practicing a little bit again, and then who knows when he might see game time again. Right. So the first thoughts on recovery timeline was he's out long enough to be considered out for the rest of the season. Right. New redshirt rule says four games. West Virginia was game number five, so he may like he may still if he misses the rest of the year for a medical reason, he still may be eligible for a medical redshirt. That's interesting. Do they get down to the specifics of it? Because he only played half a game against Lamar. He only played half a game against West Virginia. No, I think it's appearances. No, no, that's it. That's it. He only played two halves make a hole. So he, he's <laughs> he's really only played in... Like three games. Yeah, completely. <laughs> no. Um, Rats. So then the interesting question is, how how far is... McLean Carter from returning because it would appear he's going to return first before Alan Bowman. I would, I would definitely think so. How far away is he from returning? How many weeks are you going to roll with Jet Duffy as your starter with Colt Garrett as your backup? Yeah. Cause initially when he, he had was his injured, high ankle sprain on the first of September 1st, and you, and we've already, we've already mentioned that's four to six weeks, right? Was what September had five Saturdays, right? So we've already hit five weeks. I think I think the initial one was four to eight weeks. So depending on the severity, he could be practicing, could be ramping up in practice. We did hear he what he has been practicing. Was unclear how much of a participant he was in this practice, right? I would say if he's not been not a full participant by this point, we're looking at Jet Duffy next week against TCU. I think so too. I, I would be surprised thing, if it's not. The I good would be thing, very surprised if Carter comes out instead. Yeah, I, I think I would too. The good thing about the timing with all this, one, you have a bye week this weekend and then a game on Thursday. And then obviously you're not playing on Saturday. The, what would that be? The 13th? I think so. Yep. Then you don't play again to the 20th. So you go from playing, you play one game in essentially three weeks. Right. So, And no offense, the game you play on the 20th is Kansas. Sure. So if, if you're if you're needing time to allow Carter to become healthy again to retake the starting position, starting quarterback role, you just have to make it through essentially one game or maybe a second game against Kansas with Jet Duffy. The game against TCU, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later, looks a little less daunting 
because they also lost their starting quarterback in their game. At the very end of the fourth quarter, Sean Robinson went out with what looks like a some kind of shoulder injury. Right. Gary Patterson was very standoffish when he was asked about it. To me, that would indicate that it may have been more severe than he was wanting to let on. This is me just speculating. And, of course, we don't know anything. I don't know anything <laughs> about his injury. But you've got time to get healthy. That was the biggest, I think, the biggest point that Cl- Cliff Kingsbury made in the postgame press conference was we just need to get healthy for the TCU game. Obviously, you missed uh, TJ Vasher this weekend. You did not have him on the outside. You're rolling with your third-string quarterback, which Jet Duffy is probably better than most third-string quarterbacks or a lot of third-string quarterbacks in the league. Right. Still not ideal. Your running backs, one and two, did play this weekend in very limited roles. You want them back and participating and able to take on more of the role that their depth chart position would indicate. Defense... Cross your fingers, outside of Octavius Morgan, has been fairly healthy. They have. Johnson's back. He's made a big difference. So, Uh, you need to get your offensive players back to hopefully, they said this is going to be a point of emphasis going into this week and the bye week, obviously, and then the week next, next week against TCU, not starting so slowly. That there's no reason to take time to feel out the the opponent, just – get out there and get after it because in your two losses this, this season, you have not been able to overcome a disastrously slow first quarter. Right. Against Ole Miss, you were down, what was it? Like 24. We allowed 24 in the first and then it was 24 to seven. I think after so. the first and then West Virginia 10. was 28 to seven, 28, seven. So those three games you gave up 50 points in the first quarter to your only, then you scored 14 if you look at the third quarter, sorry, the next three quarters of both those games, had you been at least even in quarter one, you would have won both of those games. Things evened out a little bit. And this goes back to my argument that I have uh, that I have a solution to now. Oh, here we go. Let's hear it. I think I mentioned it on the instant reaction that West Virginia, you know, Texas Tech played at 11 a.m. on Saturday. <laughs> West Virginia played sorry. at noon. I'm so sorry. I don't mean to laugh. No, it's yeah. not fun. No, this is a serious. This is so this serious. Is serious, man. West Virginia played it at noon while we played at 11 a.m. So my solution is simple. Uh, they are the only team in the Eastern Standard Time or Eastern Time Zone. So the entire state of West Virginia should just convert to Central Time. They really should, at least for six months out of the year. Yeah, Ole Miss too. Actually, no, Ole Miss, no, they're, they're, still, they're still central. Well, don't have a good excuse there. But I think that's the that's the crux of it. They get to play at noon, and we have to play at 11. And that just, you know, we started playing great at noon. And they kind of fell off, you know. We so just I, need to somehow get them going an hour sooner. That's all That's all we got to do. Nothing to it. We got to petition the Commonwealth of West Virginia. I don't even know if they are a Commonwealth. I know Kentucky is. And I'm not even sure what that means. Me neither. But don't let me th- don't don't think that you're going to get away with us not talking about fantasy. Oh man, we were doing so well. We we're just gonna. We oh, were, I thought we were gonna cruise right by. You were gonna be a gracious in. winner. <laughs> Spoiler no, 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 alert. 
Michael scored 219 points. I think that's a season low for all of us. I think it is too. For both of us in the first five weeks. Yes. Your boy over here scored 416. I beat him by a cool 200 points. No, no, no. Hold, hold on. No, you didn't. The, the it's low, not 200 points. The low, I think, was me in week one because you beat yeah, me Yeah, you had 100 and something. Yeah, you beat me by like 300 points. Yeah, it was, it was uh, ridiculous. But if we were going off of season point totals, accumulative points. Are you getting there? I I think I, I think I pulled even. No way. I'm gonna look at after this, this week because I beat you by 197 this week. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you're ahead of me by about 60 points. What? No, no, I'm still ahead of you. Uh, I have 1799 points for the year, and you have 1738. So it's really close. Okay. So you started Alan Bowman out of principle. I did. I, I and wanted come back. It came back to bite you. In a big way. Um, Mr. Bowman it, put up 24 points for you. Right, and not so much for the injury deal. That's, you know, I, I don't even want I don't, to... I don't care about my fantasy team that Alan Bowman got injured. <laughs> that, is, that is not a priority to me. But he just had a, he had a rough day. He, he did. He, you know, he was only 9 for 20, I think, and he had the interception, and uh, I, think, I think had one passing touchdown, so... It, it was a beautiful one. It was, but that that whole drive was excellent. I mean, that it was, was a three great plays. drive. Yeah, three. It was his first. The receivers three decided to start catching the ball. Yeah, so that was a that was a really good drive for him. But but let's talk about this for a second. If you had started Will Greer, my quarterback I still would don't have think s- out of one though. No, because he, <laughs> he scored. Your Texas I Tech. Your, I love your indignation. No, no, you wouldn't have won. Your Texas Tech defense held Heisman candidate Will Greer to 118 fantasy points. It's not bad. For comparison, Cornelius Taylor Cornelius, the quarterback for Oklahoma State, scored 105 points against Kansas. He was on your bench. Yeah. But you had... I don't, that's actually making the opposite point I'm trying to make. Yeah, I don't know what you're trying to get at with that. Anyways, <laughs> my quarterback scored yeah. 191 points. I think that's the highest a quarterback has scored in our league so far. Or, or at least what? a quarterback that we've had. And then, except for the, except for the running back from Oklahoma, which I asked an Oklahoma expert when Rodney Anderson went down, I was like, "Who do I need to pick up?" And he said, "It's time to preach." So I picked up Trey Sermon. <laughs> well, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Mister Sermon has put up single digit points. I think every week I've had him. That's about to change. Oh, oh. also, Iowa State's defense. 45 points against the Texas Christian Horn Frogs. You right. you had the TCU Who, defense. I, I had their defense. I'm thinking to put up I'm thinking of getting rid of their defense. Cavante um, Turpin, unfortunately for you, missed some time. Right, he got hurt. David Sills, a wide receiver on your team, put up a whopping four points. I think he just had that one big catch. So he had 48 receiving yards. Like, I, but I, it, I, well, I maybe it was t- on two catches. But it didn't seem like it yeah. was. He didn't get very many. Nope. Oh, he got he he had four uh, he had four catches. But one of them was, I think, a twenty-plus yarder. Yeah, it was that one on like third and twenty-six. Yeah, and and <laughs> some he crazy the third pass. down. Yeah. Okay. So I pull three and two. I I am mirroring the Texas Tech football win-loss record so far. It's actually turned out like after week one, I was supremely concerned about my fantasy team, but it's actually worked out. We're yeah, we're we're really neck and neck here. It's very true. competitive. And, we are, and I played. You know, I, I played Bowman out of uh, not—I don't want to say obligation, just out of heart and hope. 
because I already had enough West Virginia players on the team that I didn't want to put Greer in there and then have him score all over us and then me oh. win a fantasy football <laughs> game that no one cares about. But Dang it. <laughs> the two of us talking about it. So I, I slept better, but I sure did lose by 197 points. Yep. Okay. So back to Texas Tech football just for a second, because that's what we are, right? We are Texas Tech sports podcast. Quote, unquote, credentialed. We are credentialed. Oh, I'm credentialed. You are credentialed. Speaking of, I, I, I think we did settle on, we are going to request legit media credentials for basketball and baseball this year as part of this taking, the, as, as part of taking the planes. I think that's an excellent idea. And I think and our may boy, work. Keith, is going to help out with that. Yeah. Because he, he actually does have some media connections. I think that would be awesome. So <laughs> I want a lanyard. I want a lanyard so bad. I should I should I should bring mine over and just let you wear it on yeah, Tuesday nights. Just let me wear it around. Although it has my name on it in my organization. I've got some lanyards from a, some software concert conferences I've been to for work, but it's not the same. Yeah, I've I have i have got a <laughs> it's not at all the same. <laughs> I've got a PRSA conference lanyard that the hosting sponsor provided all the attendees. And it was like, it's a vendor called Social Chorus. It's like a intranet provider. Oh. Talk about snooze fest of a conference vendor. My conference was, was great. It's for a power line design software. Ooh. I, so I You know, it, it sounded like I was being sarcastic, but it's not. I, those conferences are great. I, I right. learn a lot. So. Sorry. Nerd. Nerd over here. Okay, let's talk about how this season has gone so far. Let's take take some time in the the, the bye week to to re re approach our twenty eighteen predictions, because I will say this far into the season, I had picked. Hold on, you're on the left. I'm on. Oh, the one that says S. At this point in the season, I had picked us to go four and one. We both had the exact same. I don't know what I was smoking. We, However, we both had four and one, same games. At this point in the season, at three and two, I feel so much better about this team than I did going into week one. And here's why: I think your defense has shown significant improvement over last year. We were expecting, we were hoping to see: can they continue to take the next step? Can they? build off of returning 10 starters. I think you've seen them effectively shut down powerful offenses for entire halves or more. You've you've shut out teams in the second half for three of the five games this season. One was a complete game shutout. Yep. You've done it against Heisman contending quarterback, against a wide receiver group that probably is unparalleled in the rest of the conference. Maybe not the top end talent, but out of a group of three plus their quarterback, I don't think you'll, you'll see that anywhere else in Greer Jennings, Sills and Sam's Sims, Sims, whoever number eight, whatever his name, I believe it was Marcus Sims. Sure. You, you've got some talent at Oklahoma, obviously, with Kyler Murray 
C.D. Lamb, and Marquise Brown. And I think they may be, those two may be better than any of the three I just listed for West Virginia. However, production-wise, West Virginia's offense has just been putting up ridiculous numbers, and they're super efficient. You shut them down for a half. You did. You shut. You shut down Oklahoma State for a half. Now they were not as offensively powerful. The point I'm making, though, is that going into the season, I wasn't sure what to expect on the defense. Now that we were five games in, we, we I think we both said I think we'll know a whole lot more about our team five games in. I think you can reasonably expect to be at least competitive in every game the rest of the season as long as your starting quarterback is not named Colt Garrett. And even that's kind of a question, like maybe you could be competitive with Colt Garrett. Well, yeah, he's got a quarterback rating of, I think, 1,100. <laughs> sure. Your your other three quarterbacks, I think you can win any games with, with either any of them. You're going to take your lumps with, say, a Jet Duffy, who is supremely confident in his throwing ability that may be that may get you into a little bit of a turnover issue. But we saw when he came into the game, the defense had no plan for him. They had no idea how to stop him. So when the pass wasn't there, he ran. And he ended up as your leading rusher. If a team can plan for him, maybe that number comes down a little bit. But he played in, what, just about two and a half quarters and put up 90 rushing yards? Yeah, right at it. And Seth pointed out, I think one of uh, – there was one play, I think he had was sacked for a big loss or there was – so I, I think he put yeah. up closer to 100 rushing yards if, if I think you take it, that one away. And I think it, it actually was over 100. Right. Um, so the other thing I, I think goes back to our, our win-loss predictions is what we've seen from the rest of the conference. Teams that yes. we were like, I don't know if we can do it, like Iowa State – they don't look. They look unstoppable. They don't look like they could. Uh, you know, they put up three points against Iowa. The, That's the other, not going to win you very many football games. One of the other teams we were kind of iffy about was TCU. Right. If they are without their starting quarterback, that opens up. That provides more opportunity. Even though you will be on the road and you're facing their defense, and they've typically given you some fits, but your defense is also really good, and they may be starting their backup quarterback for the first time. Right. The other game is Kansas State. They've looked awful. Now, I did they pick... They fought back a little against Texas this week, but... I did pick you to win against Kansas State. I think, looking at the rest of the schedule, you've got three games on your schedule that you absolutely should win. And it's Kansas, Kansas State, and Baylor. I think so, too. If you only win those, you're at six games. And then all you're looking at... TCU, Texas... Oklahoma. Yeah, sorry, I'm I'm blanking on. No, that's it. You win one of those games and you're at seven, which I think was the cutoff. Like we we I think we need to get to seven wins if we're going to keep Kingsbury. Well, you're looking at a game next week against TCU where you you think you've got a pretty good shot at them. You've got Texas at home. I think you probably have a pretty good shot at them. Oklahoma, maybe a tougher game. Right. But there's not. The game, the schedule isn't as daunting as it was preseason. One because you you've looked much better than probably you expected, even rolling out with not your number one quarterback, and the rest of the conference kind of expectedly, but not as much. So hasn't looked very good. Right, and Texas is kind of 
they're kind of hot and cold. Uh, they're not sure what you're going to get from them. Right. You're you're not ex- exactly sure what you're going to find. They, they, I mean, they just demolished TCU in the fourth, I guess the third and fourth quarter. And then they allowed Kansas State back into a game last week where Texas only scored 19 and somehow won. Uh, but, you know, at one point I think they were down to TCU 16-10 to 10 and then mm-hmm. ended up winning, what was that, 30 31 to 16 or they just rattled off 20 something unanswered points. So you're not sure which Texas you're going to get each week. So that, and and we know that I should have flashback of Forrest Gump. Oh (laughs) yeah. Life is like a box of Texas. But they had that. You're not for sure what they're going to get. I I think, like we brought up before was just that the big 12 was kind of up for grabs. It still looks that way. The two teams we thought we'd be at the top OU and West Virginia, not necessarily in that order. They Uh, are at the top. Who knows for for sure. Yeah. uh, They, they're up there. TCU's fallen quite a bit. I'd almost, I don't would almost put Texas or, uh, you know, at number three in that number three spot right now is instead of TCU, just the way their last two games have gone. And then depending on how you play against TCU, you may have them at yeah. number five. Right. So I'd and move tech up to four. Yeah. To go back to what you were saying, we've, we've played five games. We have seven remaining, uh, three. We should win three are kind of toss ups. And then one of them, I'm I'm not very confident about at all against OU, but it is at least in Lubbock. So anything can happen, especially I, if I'm, you're shutting I'm, people out for half of a game. Right, and I'm I'm more optimistic then than I was now. The quarterback was our big question mark. That's essentially been answered. We've got guys that can play. They're capable think, of you know working Kingsbury and John's offense, and uh, I like what we've seen from John's and his influence. And to go back on the defense, yes, the defense has looked poor at times, but really they've played 20 quarters of football. And the three first quarters of Houston and – oh, I'm totally blanking. Houston, West Virginia, and Ole Miss were by far their worst quarters. Yeah, and, and I think I heard it on the radio. when, when the, I think they said – of the combined points given up this season in the first quarter, I think it was 60 points or in that like 60 to 70 point range. The rest of the games, the second, third, and fourth quarters, you've given up fewer points in those three quarters over five games combined than you did for the one quarter over five games. So obviously quarter one and starting off is not your your strong suit. That needs to be fixed somehow, some way. Agreed. But yeah, this defense has been a lot more improved and oddly different. Like it's been it's been really strange because they've given up a ton of yards. You're like, man, they're just not very good. They're not turning people over like they did last season. But they've been effective in stopping drives before it gets to points. They had they had two great stops in the first quarter against West Virginia that the offense just couldn't capitalize on. It was so frustrating. I think we were down 14 to zero and the defense finally got a stop and I'm pretty sure we went three and out and they, they still, mm-hmm. they didn't cross midfield yet. Uh, so they were, they, even when you allowed 28 points, which was bad, which they couldn't see a slant coming, even though everyone else could, you, 
still managed a couple of stops in that same quarter, but just couldn't get it going offensively. And But you're right, to your point. I mean, in those three games I mentioned, uh, Ole Miss, Houston, and West Virginia, in the first quarter they allowed 73 points. They allowed it was it was 24, 21, and 28 in that order. If they can somehow not do that, <laughs> to, hey for guys, lack of just don't give up that many points. Yeah, okay? for for lack of any sort of deep analysis, if they can somehow just not give up three touchdowns in the first quarter, then we have a chance to to win these football games. So is that like the stat to track? I. I can't remember what it was. I I know for basketball, it was if Tommy Hamilton hit a three pointer, you were like ninety five percent chance of you winning. You had a the really game. good shot of winning. He only had to hit one. Yeah, as long so as like, he hit one. As soon as he hit one, like yes, we're gonna win this game. Yeah, I don't think it had to be a hundred percent. I don't think it mattered. I don't think no. if he was one for seven, it didn't matter. He got that one, yeah. which he, I don't think he ever shot seven, but you know what I mean. It was just the make. So that stat for football this year is. Did you give up 21 in the first quarter? No. Yeah. You, you're going to win this Did game. Did you give up less than three touchdowns in the first <laughs> quarter? And then we've got a shot. So going back to predictions really quickly before we move on to the listener questions. I think realistically, and I didn't think this was realistic going into the season, I think realistically you can get to eight and four fairly easily. Well, excuse me. I think it's it's a realistic expectation to win eight games this year, whereas previously I was like, it's very lofty. It felt that very... That may be a lofty, like, aspirational... Felt like a stretch. ...type goal this right. year. To do that, you'd have to win five games. And like I said, the rest of the schedule is TCU, Kansas, Iowa State, Oklahoma, UT, K-State, Baylor. So, we've already identified three games that you probably should win. Kansas, Kansas State, Baylor. Right. Iowa State looks vulnerable. Now, you have to go up to Ames to do it. TCU, maybe without their starting quarterback, looks vulnerable. You could do that. They haven't been super impressive anyways. Still really good. And then you've got Oklahoma and Texas. Back-to-back at home. Back-to-back at home at the beginning to start off November. So, to me, realistically, you could finish out 5-2 and the rest of the season and go 8-4. and Which is crazy to think that you would be because I was thinking five and two at the end of the year, and that would put you five, six, six and three in conference play, which would by far be our best conference record. And that may be where I'm just like, ooh, yeah, where you <laughs> kind of think, let's nervous. Hold on a second. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not ready to quite pick out a a number just yet. I I had seven and five. We both had seven and five at at the start of this year, and. That but that included a four and one start. So now we're kind of we we've already been wrong, which is an easy thing for me to to do, especially yeah. when it comes to any sort of sports prognostications. All so right. I'm I'm not quite ready to to jump on that so eight win yet. I can't lock you into changing your prediction. Not yet. Okay. Not yet. We've still got next week. Still got next week. Still have the preview to do with the That's TCU right. guys at some point. All right. Let's get to some of your questions because we got some really great ones. Really quickly this afternoon, the Phantom RPO. I, I love Brian changing his name. I know. I, I appreciate that. <clears throat> From our, our, our contributor and artist, resident architect, Brian Don Carlos. He, he, he sent two questions this week. Given Robinson's propensity for turnovers, do you think Tech has a better chance against him or the backup versus TCU? 
I pulled up some numbers. Oh. And Sean Robinson has 1,023 yards this year. He has seven touchdowns, six interceptions. Good gravy. So he's almost got a one-to-one That's ratio there. Awful. Because uh, I think what, what ideal is what, three-to-four-to-one? I would think so, yeah. And, and At the very least, two-to-one. He's uh, he's completed 63% of his passes. He's 95 for 151. So he, if you know, assuming he's out, those are his numbers. The backup that um, I read would play is Grayson Mulestein, who is a and he's played before for them. And mop up really. time? No, I, 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 did he not play in their bowl game for a little bit? Ta- well. Last According season? to ESPN, take a guess on how many attempts he's made in his career. I'm going to go less than 20. Warmer. Less than 10? Warmer. Seven. Three? He was... He's thrown three passes in his he, career? He was one for three against Southern in the first game of the year this year and has 11 yards. I haven't found there, – there may be something I'm missing here, but I'm looking at ESPN stats. He's got offers all from 2015 to 2017, and in 2018 he is one for three for 11 yards in the Southern game that uh, TCU won 55-7. to seven. Against Southern, he completed three passes. One. No, he completed – okay. What the heck? So – the the article I read was on the Star Telegram, and it was it talked no, a lot okay. about Sean Robinson's injury and uh, those are rushing numbers. He said that Patterson said that prized freshman recruit Justin Rogers isn't close to taking second team reps for the Frogs. Instead, if Robinson is out, Collins would. Oh gosh, I just went through all this and I misread something. <laughs> this is so good. Uh, said Collins would start. Oh, good job! Huh? We're looking at Grayson Mulstein. Yeah, I was like, why in the world would the why would Grayson Mulstein be starting? Okay, Collins is going to start. My gosh, Collins, what's his first name? Um, uh, I'm scrolling through to find it. This is excellent. I know, man. I really did a good job. Carrying is it Michael his, Collins is he a quarterback? <laughs> I don't know, man. I just typed it in. Yes, because he's a transfer from Connecticut. He's, yeah, he was a transfer from somewhere. That's what. That's who I thought it was. But man, apologies, everyone, because I completely misread this article and missed that little tidbit. Yes. So he. Would, so that makes more sense. He's the he's the transfer from wherever. He played. He played as a freshman. For Penn, that's, that's what it was. He, he played for it was Penn. Penn. Okay, he played for them in 2016 as a freshman, redshirted in 2017. So he's going to be a redshirt sophomore. Okay, this season. Six five, he's a big kid, two fifteen. But he hasn't played yet this season, has he? Uh, I'm not seeing any stats yet. He, I think he played a little bit. Now he played a little bit. He had. Uh, he threw five passes against Southern, and he threw nine at Texas. 
and then he ran the ball a couple of times at SMU. So it's not like he's he's thrown he's had he's six for fourteen on the year. So back to Brian's question of. Yeah. Uh, who would we rather Ten minutes have? later that we're looking for stats. Right, that we now finally figured out that the kid that I thought was going to start. Good gosh. Great so, podcasting, Michael. So, okay, so here's the thing. I don't know if I have a preference on who we face in terms of the defense because Robinson likes to throw to the other team. And if it's not Robinson, then you've got unproven guys that have played nowhere. I so, think I would prefer the backup. I think I would prefer Collins if I had to pick between those two. And I'll take Robinson. Okay. We'll see who's right. Yeah. Actually, we won't see who's right. Yeah. I don't know how you could predict. <laughs> okay. Uh, Brian's second question. Better ice cream accompaniment, pie, cake, brownie, or warm cookie? This is a great question. I don't know. I, oh, okay. the only I'm going to start off by the one that is the worst. Cake is the worst accompaniment Thank for you. ice cream. An ice cream cake is bad. Trace Leche's cake oh, is bad. Oh, now, hang on, hang on. No, you're just, no, you're no. just stepping on all sorts of toes here. Trace Leche's, okay. It's we, kind of a it's, mix. It's not It's not cake or, or ice cream. Or, sorry. Ice cream cake is delicious. It's just ice cream. Yeah. It's not cake. With some cake in it. Okay. Better pot. See, it depends, though. Because if you're talking about, like, vanilla ice cream. Yeah. Then it needs to go on like some kind of warm cobbler. Well, not pie. No, I would. I, I agree, but I would say that pie and cobbler are in the same category. Okay. So because I think that's it's really tough to beat that combo. If you're thinking, because in, in my mind I'm thinking either warm peach cobbler, warm apple pie, or warm uh, like a berry cobbler. Mm-hmm. Some sort of, I don't even care what berry it is. Just, some kind of mixed berry. Just some sort of, just throw some berries in there and put some ice cream on it. So I think that would be up there. Brownie, hot brownie makes, say, that's it, a solid, solid any, contribution. Any kind of dessert you're putting ice cream on top of, I think has to be warm. Yeah. And then warm cookie, I kind of dismissed warm cookie, but then that's what all these restaurants are serving now. Well, I, Like see, the pizuki and stuff at BJ's where it's in a skillet basically like a warm cookie that's Brownie. in this little cast iron, cast yeah. iron skillet and then they put a scoop of ice cream on. It's fantastic. Well, see, here's the thing. I, I think of the things that he listed, warm cookie would not be on my list. Now, you could make an ice cream sandwich with cookies, which I could be down with. Yeah. Like, take chocolate chip cookies and make a little ice cream sandwich out of that. Sure, let's do that, but not a warm cookie. I think you, we're I think we're in agreement with pie, though. That, seem, that seems like as long as... Cobbler is included in the pie category. Then I, yep, I think that's it. All right, Red Raider Reset Man. He he's he may be overtaking Brian on on terms of like really great questions. questions. Yeah, your preference: two divisions or round robin? Give me two divisions every day of the week. I like two divisions too. Let's go. I like the true championship game instead yep. of the redundant championship game. Uh, I, part of it's just for nostalgia reasons. Yeah. I, the when only I started, thing, yeah, and the only thing about round robin that is good is that we're the only ones who say we can, who can say we do it. Um, it also drops off a conference schedule or a conference game. You know, you'd be, you schedule a fourth non-con and you're yep, like, yeah, yep. Play Abilene Christian or something. <laughs> I'd take that right now, which we will in like 10 years. So if you're going for divisions, 
it's got to be east west now right i don't know if you could do north south could you it doesn't even have to be geographic well, yeah, I mean, why, it, why it, would it have to be? That's it, it a good makes, point. It makes sense to do it geographically. It does. To group Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State together. To guarantee that they would play each other every year. You know, kind of the big quote-unquote rival games. Wouldn't you want to divide Texas and Oklahoma and put them in two different divisions? But if I you, doubt that would happen, though. Because I think the biggest complaint we had for so many years of the Big 12 North and South was nobody in Big 12 North was any good. It was always whoever wins the Big 12 South is going to win the Big 12 Conference. Right. Because Nebraska didn't have to play OU in Texas every single year. Or Colorado. Right. And Texas Tech had to play OU in Texas every single year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, how would how would you set – well, one, we have 10 teams. So so that kind of – we, we would that, need to with, add a couple. Well, I was going to say, without we, we adding just go, any teams. In, the, in our hypothetical scenario, we just start with the 10 we have and see what happens. Yeah, I was going to say, without adding any teams, let's just do two divisions of five. Okay. Really quickly. Um, do you think we should have protected rivalry games? So cross-division rivalry games that you don't rotate. I don't think like so. Like the SEC has. I'm not that into it anymore. So if Texas and OU were in different divisions, you'd be okay if they didn't play every year. Oh, I would. Wait, you would what? You would I would care? be okay if they okay. wouldn't play every year. Okay, so let, let let's hear your your division division. All right, so we'll have. Sorry, I, I kind of considered even just a like the state of Texas versus everybody else. I like versus it. everybody else. Well, but that's, but only, that's, that's I think there's only four teams though. We would need to lump in. It's Texas, Texas Tech, TCU, Baylor. You right. got four. So we would need to lump in West Virginia or somebody. Maybe one of the outliers, West Virginia or Iowa State. And then that would be our that would be our division. Texas plus one versus everybody else? Yeah. The Texas brings a plus one to the conference party. Yeah. Um I don't I don't hate that idea. Or you could kind of go the opposite. Boot out Baylor. Well, I and see, go I'm, I'm go not, Texas, Texas Tech, TCU and then get the two Oklahoma teams. See, I I wasn't saying that we change any of the teams in the Big 12, which we we could have a conversation about that with the Oh no, I I wasn't meaning that the, either. The Baylor no, no, NCAA no. NCAA investigation that was announced that no, was restarting. Oh, yeah, no. I was thinking more of the the hub versus the rim of the wheel <laughs> deal. Like we would have Baylor would just kind of be it would be lumped in with Iowa State and Kansas and Kansas State and West Virginia and then we'd have the the three Texas other Texas teams and Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. That would be the the divisions. So you'd have like the the ring around the rosy and then the the bullseye. So I I was thinking about dividing up in state teams. So you've got like let's just say division A is gonna have like Texas, TCU, Oklahoma State, Kansas, and Iowa State. Right? Okay. All right. Division two or B, whatever it was whatever. Division B would be Texas Tech, Baylor, sorry. Texas Tech, Baylor, Oklahoma, Kansas State, and West Virginia. Okay. So that way, at least currently, 
it's fairly balanced. You don't have one conference that's one division that's way better than the others. I think whoever gets Kansas is going to be like, yes, we got Kansas. <laughs> I think the fun part about separating the rivalries is it'll make them mean more because they won't come up, but every other year. And then what, every fourth year it'll be at your house. Yep. Unless you're Texas and Oklahoma and, well, and, never, then here's and you the, always play at a neutral site. Here's the thing. I want to get rid of neutral site games. I don't like them. So, Including Texas, Oklahoma. I don't put, know how much Advocare paid for Ole Miss and us to play each other in which Houston. Which I, I, I get there's probably a lot, like of, it. Yeah, a, a lot of money in that. I'm saying move all the games back to the campus. Don't play on Thanksgiving weekend. Just have that be a buy for everybody. You extend the season into the first week of December. Ah, that never works. I don't care. Just don't play. Everybody would D- don't, go nuts with no football on Thanksgiving. Well, okay, no. How about this? Don't play home games for teams that live in non-metro areas on Thanksgiving. So don't play in Lubbock. Play in Dallas. Play in Houston. Not not Houston. Um, in Austin. Okay. Now that's kind of guaranteeing they always get a home game on Thanksgiving. But well, they already do. I'm I'm, I'm willing to, to to fudge a little bit there. Shoot, I had something else to say. Sorry, I probably derailed you. Yeah, you did. Okay, I don't. It's obviously not going to happen, but it's fun to think about two divisions. Second question from Red Red Reset Man: No smoker propane. Sorry, 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 sorry. He sets it up by saying no smoker propane or charcoal wood burning grill. I had to. I asked him just to make sure. So the 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 smoker's out of the question. I didn't ask why. I don't need to know why. Uh, that was. I just wanted to clarify that. So basically, he's saying if you had to choose between a propane grill or a charcoal slash wood burning grill, which would you choose? See, and I'm I'm more of a without the experience, understanding that propane would be easier. I would go wood slash charcoal burning grill because I think without a smoker you could almost replicate smoker type cooking techniques on a wood slash charcoal grill that you can't do on propane definitely I I agree with you I think the 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 advantage of the propane grill is the ease of it how fast you can get it hot how fast you can get it ready if you're someone who grills three four times a week you know, if you if you grill after work a few times and then you grill on the weekends too, then that might be the solution for you because especially if you're going to do it after work because you need to come home, just turn it on, and you're going to put some pork chops on there or, you know, whatever, you can get that on there. But the wood and charcoal grills, of course, take a little bit more time. They, mm-hmm. You know, it takes you at least 45 minutes or so to get those charcoals where you want them. So you've got to invest some time into that. But you're so right. It, if you get one of those Weber kettles, there's so many accessories for it and so many different things that you can do to make it into a smoker if you ever wanted to use it as a smoker. Um, you can use propane grills as a smoker, but they're, it's a little bit more of a... It's not quite a perfect situation. You always have to have your chips in there just right and make sure you're... You know, your foil's not vented too much and stuff. So if I had to pick one, 
based on how much I grow, which is usually on the weekends, I would pick the wood or the wood slash charcoal option. I agree. Probably because I don't, I don't grill a whole bunch anyways. I well, I don't have a grill currently. What? I know. Still. Father's Day's come and gone, man. They, yeah. They, was, no grill? Mm-mm. No grill for Father's Day? Huh. Bobby Odom. And I'm not even sure how to pronounce his, his handle. It's Up Odom. Up Odom. I think, uh, yeah, I like that. Kind of like up on him. Up on him. Is that what that is, Bobby? I like that. Do you think Cliff has the team ready to go next week? Seems like I hear a lot of, it's my fault I didn't have them ready. Those are quotes. Yeah. I would say based on history and what we've seen, you are more likely to have a slow start on the road against TCU than not. The only saving grace is that it's at 6.30 p.m. Instead of 11 a.m. Yeah, it's a road conference game. Right. At night. You were ready to go. You haven't played for almost two weeks. Yeah. So I'm going to say you probably have a better start than you did this past weekend against West Virginia. But you may be starting your third string. You may be starting your third string guy against either a backup for TCU or a guy that likes to throw interceptions. I I think he'll have him ready this week. And I totally get your frustration on the – Hearing a lot of it's my fault. I didn't have them ready. Yeah, that does seem to be a a thing that continues to uh, pop up without this or throughout this tenure here. Mm-hmm. I share your frustration there as well, but I do think he'll have them ready this this next week. It's it's a better time. The guys have had a little bit more time to recoup. They're probably dying to get back on the field after coming so close to. Uh, knocking off West Virginia, so I think you'll have them ready. But I, I, I get your frustration because it, it's one that I share as well. So, thanks for submitting questions, Michael. Do you have any updates for us on how your cord cutting experience the, has gone? The guys' uh, cord cutting corner turned into uh, irrigation cutting corner. No, it turned into the going yard. It turned into going yard. Uh, I told y'all last week that. The guys that came and buried my cable actually tore up my sprinkler system. But the good news is, even though I've been on phone calls with risk management and AT&T, and I don't even know who else, I have different ticket numbers to refer and different people to talk to, but someone came out yesterday. They took a look at it. It was uh, definitely damaged, and they came back this morning. And I think they almost fixed it. I need to figure out who to call, but um, they had to replace at least three sprinkler heads completely, possibly four. I'm not quite sure because the machinery that they used to bury the cable, which was way overkill, uh, just tore it up that bad. But there was one sprinkler head that I noticed when I came home from work and turned it on. It would pop up, but no water would come out. So there may just be something I can look at there and try to fix myself, but... These guys came out yesterday, took a look at it, fixed it this morning. Uh, Did a decent job of not tearing up the yard too bad, considering that they had to really dig down there to to reattach and replace everything. So hats off to them for getting it fixed, but we'll see how how great it is. It is just kind of a a saga that should, you know, this is October 2nd, and we had this installed – August 1st. 
It's been a while since you've it's, been without cable. Yeah, so that we cut the cord uh, two months ago, but it's it's been uh, some headaches getting to that point. But it's still been great as far as watching games and internet service. No problems. But well, it's uh, good to hear. Yeah, just uh, make sure that you watch the guys like a hawk when they say they're going to bury your cable and that they're going to do it by hand and not use that big heavy thing on the trailer when they did in fact use the big heavy thing on the trailer because you could see tracks everywhere. <laughs> So speaking of going yard, a quick update on 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 uh, twenty three personnel headquarters south. We did the fall overseeding project for my my beautiful beautiful turf type tall fescue, and it's it is exquisite. Th- those patches that did not grow in in the spring magically are filled this this time. It is where there was dirt and or Bermuda. There's now just fescue. The seed I put down on the 15th, the day of the Houston game, mm-hmm. grown up, I did mow tall enough where it didn't cut the new grass. I was a little concerned driving over it because when I did, when I had to drive over some of it, the grass, the little grass, just laid down. It's like it didn't come back. I was like, oh. So like, <laughs> I, well, like with the hand, like well, barely touching it to get it to stand back up because it is like you could just pinch it. What is that you put on your, like a splint? You do like a splint to try to make sure it stood back up. Yeah, I, I went back and splinted every, little, every little blade cast. Of there are a couple of other pieces or areas I'm gonna overseed again because they didn't grow in as full as I would like them to. There's that st- that's still that big spot right off the patio that the dogs destroyed. That I'm gonna make sure everything is on the up and up. But otherwise, it's you're it's, getting ready for fall. It's rocking and rolling. For- the the neighbor's Bermuda Cooler weather is uh, already starting to check out. Not that we've had cold weather here, I know. but mine's the same way. It's Bermuda's, turning yellow. It's already starting to. to Yours is that beautiful turn green, off, and mine's deep dark green. It's like yep. oh, this is it stands out. This on is your, the time on your block. It does stand out. I've, I've got a couple of, of applications planned for Halloween domination, which is not going to be difficult because the neighbors have Bermuda, and by that time they may be, be completely. I think it was. Off. I think it was almost in the 30s last year on Halloween. It was so weird, but it's one of those really windy, cold days. But I've got some some fertilizer applications to really punch some color into the yard. I'm gonna mow some really nice stripes into it. I, I, I did diagonal stripes this past weekend. Looked fairly nice, except for I can't apparently push a mower in a straight line. So I had some not straight stripes. I had some wave stripes. Yep. But they, they were all consistent. They all turned the same way. And just, anyways, did we learn anything else this week, Michael? Or, or are we are we ready to to expand expound on our, our great knowledge from this week, the I, beginning of October? I I can't believe I can't believe I'm saying this, but I don't I don't have anything. I haven't learned anything this week. I I did learn one thing. I I've got it now. I, I learned something as well. Go go ahead. Uh, my wife and I made it to the fair on Thursday before. I'm jealous. Yeah, we we, we just went for lunch. We just went for lunch. Everybody just went for lunch. Like, man, I wanted to go. Which is the Grayson, thing to do. My son went just for lunch. When oh I, yeah, without me. Oh, I told I told my wife with, about that. With that his, he, his daycare class. Yeah, that he <laughs> he had a brisket wrap. We were he both. Did. We were just both enthralled that. Why jealous? <laughs> what four year old's gonna pick brisket wrap? <laughs> so he didn't pick it, and he probably wouldn't. It was pick one it of again. the options. <laughs> No, I I think they just got everybody the same thing. I I don't think he would have picked it if it was an option presented to him. But you should have heard 
him rant about this brisket wrap. He was so excited. It was so good. I was like, but you wouldn't have ordered that on your own. No, I'm, I'm proud of it. Anyways, go on. Well, okay. I'll just, I'll just go into it really quickly. My, my wife stood in line for a long time for a really good cheeseburger, and I'm going to butcher the name of the church, but it, I believe it's Holy Jerusalem Baptist Church. Sorry if I got that wrong. It was a very good cheeseburger, and I don't mean this in any sort of negative way. There wasn't anything special about it except that every single piece of it was perfect, if that makes any sense. It's just really great vegetables. The bun, okay, the bun was probably the most special thing. The bun was just toasted and buttered on both sides and the patty was perfectly cooked and just anyway you know what I mean by that it was just a great cheeseburger and I had a cheese on a stick which is always one of my favorite things to get at the fair I I go I go between that and corn dog but you can get a corn dog here and there but you can't get a big old cheese stick cheese stick can't get a big old cheese stick very often but the one thing I learned was while we were standing in line waiting for that burger, Guadalupe Economic Systems, or I'm probably butchering that too, their building had a menu on the outside and it had masterpiece nachos for $4. What are masterpiece nachos? This is what I learned. <laughs> My wife kept saying, you should just go get those. I said, well, I wonder what's on them. We were speculating what all could be on them. I'm like, is it just covered in KC Masterpiece barbecue sauce? What Please is it? No. What in the world is on there? And I stood in line. I was like, I, she's like, just go get one. Just just take a leap of faith and go get one. I'm like, yeah, okay. So I stand in line. People in front of me had fajitas and a couple other things. I kept watching. No one ordered the Masterpiece nachos. So I got up there and I ordered them. And he took him, it took him a minute. He was He was there in the back. And what he brought out was... The round, uh, good old, good old round nacho chips, sure, uh, tortilla chips, uh, yellow corn, drenched in nacho cheese, of course, and beans. What kind of beans? Uh, red beans, like pinto beans. Okay. And chopped up sausage, and then he asked if I wanted pico, and I was like, yes. So then it was also covered in pico. And that's their masterpiece? That was the masterpiece nachos. And it was four bucks. That was like one of the cheaper things you can get at the fair. It was pretty good. It nice. was, I, that's what I learned. I learned what masterpiece nachos are. I learned, not surprising, that we can talk for an hour and 15 minutes when we don't have a game to talk about this was week. Was it really that long? Yes, it has been. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Nobody's still listening at this point. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a bi-week preview episode. <laughs> If you made it this far, God bless you. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you, Thank you for so much with... for listening, really. So with that, I think it's time for us to bid you adieu. Thanks for listening to the podcast again this week, guys. Catch us back next week when we preview the TCU Horn Frogs. From Michael, I'm Spencer.